Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. We're ready to get into the Word of God today. Good. Me too. I'm excited to preach a Christmas message, y'all. This has been in my heart for a while. It's a short-ish Christmas devotional um, that might encourage you, I believe. And we're going to be reading out of what is not typically or traditionally considered a Christmas passage. I have been to Christmas services every Sunday of my life. Grew up in church. And I can honestly say I've never heard this verse preached on Christmas Sunday. And I've preached many Christmas services in my life, and I've never preached this passage of scripture. So it's not a traditional Christmas, but it is most certainly a Christmas passage. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Philippians, chapter two, verses five through seven. And if you don't have a Bible, that is okay. We've got the verses on the screen behind me and they go like this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Somebody say emptied, but emptied himself. Here's the Christmas. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, but emptied himself. I want to speak to you today on the topic of an empty Christmas, an empty Christmas. Christmas. Disclaimer, this is not the Christmas message you expected to hear today. And to be fair, I don't know what you expected because I don't know how you grew up or who you are. But I assume you expected a message that was full of shepherds and full of wise men or magi, as we Christians call them. I don't know why they didn't do magic. Preacher joke. Um, full of angels, full of drummer boys, even though he's not even in the Bible. Full of words like merry and bright. But I felt like God told me today, you can't preach the Christmas message they expected because for many of them, this is not the Christmas they expected. We we, because of maybe the, the shows and the movies and the songs and the commercials, we, we expect a season full of peace and joy. And it can be quite startling when a day that should be full of peace and joy is somehow empty and bare of it all and not really know why. It could be because of the global issues that we face in the world. It could be because of our hectic schedules, running from the mall to the party, to the rapping, to the all this stuff, or might be the internal struggles, the secret struggles nobody really knows about, but that haunt us. Or in a year like 2020 and 2021, it could be the personal losses that have begun to weigh on our soul. Christmas, for whatever reason, sometimes doesn't feel like it should. And if that's you, I want to encourage you and tell you that maybe your Christmas is not as empty as it feels. Maybe your Christmas is like Liz's infamous Christmas of 2007. Sounds like a great 
Christmas horror movie title. <laughs> the infamous Christmas. That's what we'll call it. I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you before, but it was the infamous Christmas of 2007. And Liz and I were still dating at the time. And uh, we had agreed beforehand not to exchange gifts, which is what you do when you're broke. <laughs> you come to a pre-agreement. Hey, you know, you don't get anything from me. I don't get anything you love. There's the real gift. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so we agreed. But I, I, broke, I broke the agreement. And on Christmas Eve, I showed up with one of these. It was legit this big, if not bigger. And it was heavy. And I brought it. And she was so mad. She was like, I didn't get you anything. And I was like, just open it up. I can't wait till you see what's inside. And she opened up the present. She was confused. Because she opened it up. She said, wait. It's empty. And I said, it's not empty. Look again. And she looked again, and she found a box. Empty. Look again. So she found another box, and she opened up that box, and she looked at me. She said, wait, there's dumbbells in this box. <laughs> the dumbbells were there to give effect to the heaviness of the box, but I didn't think that through. Because for a real quick minute, guys, don't you ever get your girl workout equipment for Christmas. It's like, it's your present to me, really. Not really my present to you. No, don't do it. So she looked at me with the dumbbells, and I could, I could translate it real quick. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not your present. I said, there's one more. There's one more box in there. She said, no, there's not. I said, yes, there is. Go deeper. She said, no, there's not. I said, yes, there is. I pulled it out, and I handed her a box about this big, and I get it. And she opened it up, and by the time she looked at me, it's right there. It's right there. I'm like, sorry, girl. I'm sorry, I had to make you work for that. But to be fair, you made me work for this. You know what I'm saying? So now we even. Now we even. And I proposed, and for about 18 seconds, she was silent. It was the worst 18 seconds of my life. She said, I didn't know what to say because the whole time I was thinking, I didn't get you nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that's okay. I don't think this is one of those kinds of Christmases. The reason why I share that story is if you feel empty today, I want to encourage you, hear me, look again. Because I think and believe that at the bottom of your emptiness is an invitation to engage with God on a deeper and more intimate level than you ever thought possible. What if your emptiness is not as empty as it seems? What if it's just a poorly wrapped present in disguise? Well, we got to talk about it. Because if you're empty, you're probably empty for one of three reasons. And that's what these props here symbolize. If you feel empty on Christmas this year, it might be because you have an empty frame. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, what makes Christmas really special, you know, it's not the music or the food. How many people know it's the memories? It's the memories that makes you special. And I got to be honest, in that regard, I am quite blessed. I have the best Christmas memories ever because I had the best parents ever. They really went through a lot of work to make Christmas special. We went, we were made of, of trees before the shopping, which is a, it's just a thing, you know? 
And that trees, trees were made of, of trees before they were made of aluminum. Um, and, and it was fun to pick it out and brought it home and we decorated it to the song, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas. It never lasted long enough to decorate that, but it got us started. And we would use the song and then my dad and I would set up the lights and we had great memories. We would do a winter town. He would get cotton and set up like fake snow and he created a winter village in our kitchen with little homes and porcelain ceramic men and little magnetic ice skating people. It was a whole thing. And my mom would serve eggnog and then do the Christmas Macarena uh, where her girlfriends from church, which to be honest, I think had a little something to do with the eggnog. You know what I'm talking about? She would that little. Mama letting it all hang out on Christmas. Um, and so I had great memories of it and I'm really grateful for it. And maybe you had a Christmas like I had a Christmas and you had parents like I had, a, like I had parents, but... I think if that was you, you have to remember that not everyone had a Christmas like you and I had. For many people, they didn't even have mom and dad for Christmas. Their Christmas was more, the familiar sound wasn't the festive songs, but the, the, the shouting of the fights. For, for many of them, their Christmas wish list was just a wish list because that's all they got for Christmas, wishes. I remember hanging out with Eddie one time for the, and I, I gave him eggnog. He's like, he's like 23 years old. And I'm like, here's eggnog. He's like, what is this? I'm like, who are you? And where's your mom? And why has she not served you eggnog? But he had a dad that spent many years incarcerated. He had a Christmas with only one parent. And so here's the problem with that for you to look back on to have good feelings of this season. So for you, it's not memories. At best, it's fantasies. What you wish you had. At worst, it's tragedies. Because the season is so traumatic because of what you experienced growing up. For others in church today, it's not that you had bad memories growing up at Christmas, it's that you had great memories. And that's the problem. Because Christmas used to feel so special and it used to feel so pretty and... That was weird. It used to feel, it used to feel unique and one of a kind, but, but, but then you had to go ahead and grow up. And I got a theory, I don't know when it happened, but somewhere along the line, you just kind of lost it. I think it was somewhere between you being the person who receives the gifts to becoming the person who buys the gifts. Maybe somewhere in that transition, you lost it. Or maybe it was, it was, it was when you used to wait up for Santa Claus, and then, but then one night you caught mommy kissing Santa Claus and, and then you, kinda, you, you lost it. Then, but you spend all season long trying to recapture the feeling you had as a child. So, so you wrap the presents and you get the, the natural big tree and you, and, and you, you pull out the eggnog and you, and you, you defrost Mariah Carey. You know, Mariah comes out the fridge one time a year. Her and Michael Bublé, they're the only two. December is there. The royalties in December are good. Uh, that's how this year starts for everyone. And we do all the things on the outside. Here's my point. So it looks like it should feel like Christmas on the outside, but on the inside, the magic is gone. It's not there no more. We're doing everything right is, why isn't it feel like it used to feel? And it can be very scary when the day of the year that you should be the happiest, you just don't feel anything at all. 
So, so it's an empty frame for some people. For others, it's an empty present. But I think for a lot of people, especially with the year we had, it's, it's not what Christmas was that makes it sad. It's what Christmas is. What do I mean? I mean that at dinner on Christmas, there is someone who should be there with you, but isn't. Christmas feels empty, not because there's an empty frame or an empty present. Christmas feels empty because there's an empty chair where someone you love should be seated and should be laughing or should be fighting. It's crazy how you would give anything just to fight with some people, right? Just to fight with some people. Maybe it was a grandpa or a grandma who was never really involved in Christmas because by that time they're just tired. But, but now we would give anything for a pair of socks on Christmas. Someone gives us a pair of socks, we just break down because he missed grandpa and grandma. Maybe it's a mom or a dad, dad with his corny Christmas jokes. I would give anything for one more corny Christmas joke. Maybe it's a child. Y'all know my story. We lost a child. It happens every Christmas morning. Every time I see Justice Zane ripping through them presents, I think to myself, there's supposed to be one more boy opening up presents today who's not opening up presents today. Maybe it's a friend or a sibling. Maybe it's a spouse, someone who promised to always be there and through no choice of their own, they're not there any longer. Or this is even worse. What could be worse than death? How about a person who chooses to leave you? That hurts. And now you having Christmas over here, knowing that they're having Christmas over there with whoever and whoever, and, and it's pain because it's, it's emptiness. And so if you find yourself in any of these empty positions today, the entire message, the reason why God put this in my heart, I believe, is to deposit the idea that maybe the emptiness is not as empty as it might feel. Maybe there's something in it that's waiting for you to discover. Here's my first point, if you're taking notes. If Christmas feels empty, here's my first thought to encourage you. You're not alone. You are not alone. And I want to say, I don't just mean you're not alone like physically, like duh, obviously there's people around you, but you are not alone, hear me, in the way that you feel. And I don't just mean that I know how you feel. And I don't just mean that the person next to you, although they probably do know how you feel as well, as because God knows how you feel. If Christmas feels empty, you're not alone. Catch this, please catch this, because God knows how you feel. God knows what it's like to feel empty on Christmas. Huh? Yes, he does. Bible verse coming your way to prove my point. Philippians chapter two, verse five through seven, the one we read. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, emptied himself. And how did he empty himself? By being born. You know, we talked about all those people that had great Christmas memories. You know who had the worst Christmas memory of all time? Jesus. Jesus had the worst Christmas ever. Why? Because Christmas for us is when Jesus came to earth. But Christmas for Jesus, think about it, is the day that he left heaven. That was his Christmas. Could you imagine that? Leaving heaven, uh, from going from being surrounded by beautiful angels 
to being surrounded by barnyard animals. I don't know what, not goat, for sure. Not crap, for sure. Or caca, or whatever the proper term is for the kids who are in service today. Poop, whatever. Can you imagine that transition? Going from the warmth of the glory of God the Father to the cold of the night air. Like, did you know in heaven there is no night? So for the first time ever, God feels darkness. For the first time ever, God shivers. That was his Christmas. Going from wiping away the sins of the world to having to depend on someone else to wipe your butt. Right? That was his Christmas. If your Christmas was bad, Jesus's was worse. I don't, matter of fact, I don't know what was more traumatic. Jesus's death or Jesus's birth. Because at least at his death, he went to heaven. But at his birth, he had to leave it. And you know, he came down knowing full well what was going on. Those cries were not just birth cries. They were like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> if there be any way. <laughs> it's bad. But, but here's, why, here's why this is good news for you and for me. Because if he went through it already, and he went through something that we went through, then maybe we shouldn't be mad at him for allowing us to go through what he went through himself and instead run to and lean into the one who can help you get through what he got through. I, I, I remember, it reminds me of just a couple weeks ago, I had a conversation with my son. Uh, Justice, I can't remember which one of them, but both of them were saying this. I was, I was sitting there watching TV and they were doing homework and they were, they were so mad. They shouted at me from the kitchen to the living room. They said, it's not fair. I said, what's not fair? Say, it's not fair that you get to watch TV while I have to do homework. It wasn't a joke. It was serious anger. I said, it is fair. He said, how is that fair? I said, because I done did third grade. <laughs> and fourth and fifth, and sixth, and seventh, and eighth, and ninth, and tenth, and eleventh, and twelfth, and seven years of college. I did grades they ain't even got numbers for, son. <laughs> I've been there, so it's fair. And instead of being mad at me for allowing you to go through what I already went through, how about you lean into me so I can help you graduate what I already graduated? It's good preaching, because what I'm telling you is, some of us are mad at God because he allowed us to go through what he had to go through himself. And instead of being mad at him for letting us go through it, why don't we lean into him to allow him to teach us how to get through it, just like he got through it in his life himself. Some of you got bad memories of Christmas Day. My frame is empty. I, got, I didn't have the mom and dad. And you gave me that mom and dad. And they were not the best mom and dad. And it's your fault. And then Jesus is like, yeah, I get it, bro. I was born in a manger. My dad was a carpenter. You know what I got for Christmas? Nothing. Wasn't even a holiday yet. <laughs> Think about it. Half my family thought I was demon-possessed. That's the truth. I get it, bro. I get it. But let me, if you, if you stop yelling at me 
and start leaning into me, I can help you get through it like I got through it. Well, how did you get through it, Jesus? Let me tell you how I got through it. I started to realize that the parents I have here on earth are not the only parents I have. I started to realize that wherever my earthly father let me down, I have a heavenly father that I can look up to. And if I've got no memories of Christmas, here's what I do have memories of. His mercy. I got memories of his grace. I got memories of his goodness. I got memories of his love for me. I got memories how he brought me out of a miry place. I got memories of how he, how he saved me. I've got memories of the father when I don't got memories of my father. I got memories. I got memories. Maybe Christmas is, is empty for you because it's, it's empty of joy. And, and you're saying, well, Jesus, you know, I don't understand. I did all the things you told me to do in the Bible and I'm following God and I'm being a good parent and it's still empty and it sucks because I'm not feeling it. And Jesus would be like, yeah, I get you. I did what the father wanted me to do and look where I ended up. I'm only here on earth because I was obedient to the father. I did do the right things. And so I get it. I was lost and empty on Christmas too. But you know how I got through it? If you want to lean into me, I started realizing that Christmas is not about the gift I received, but about the gift I am. Jesus said the way I got through it was by realizing that Christmas is not about my feelings, but about how my sacrifice can help others feel differently on this special day. You want to flip Christmas quickly? Start thinking about how God can use you instead of what others can give you. It'll turn. It'll turn. Well, how about this one? The empty chair. God, come on. I mean, how could you? I prayed and there was no healing. And she was a follower of Jesus. And I don't, and I don't, and it's, I'm so mad at you. How could you allow, how could you? And you know what Jesus says to this? He goes, yeah, I get it. If you have somebody leave you, I get it. Because Jesus says, my best friend, you know his name? I'll tell you, I had 12 best friends. Or, you know, close friends. <laughs> his name was Judas. And he betrayed me with a kiss. Jesus says, I wish there was Facebook. <laughs> he, he, he betrayed me to my face. Well, you know, it's not even that. It's that I lost somebody. They passed away who I really love. And this Christian Jesus goes, okay, well, I got somebody I really love too that passed away. His name was Lazarus. And I had to have dinner with his sister, Martha and Mary. And at the dinner table, it was an empty chair. And we looked at it. And then the two most powerful to me, the two most powerful words in the Bible, they, they, they ministered to me in such a special way. Maybe it just felt like that because of the two years that I've had. Jesus wept. At the funeral with the empty chair, Jesus wept. You know why those verses are powerful? Because some people come to Jesus expecting him to wipe tears from your eyes. But Jesus never promised to wipe the tears from your eyes on earth. That promise is for heaven. It says, in heaven, I will wipe away every tear from your eye. You know what Jesus does for your tears on earth? He sheds them with you. He cries with you. See, sometimes we get disappointed because we think God's not doing what we expected him to do, but he never said that he would do the things that we expect. Jesus says, on earth, I come to weep with you, mourn with you, cry with you. And I went through it with you. Matthew 1, that's why it says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In summary, here is my point. God did not do this to you, but he did come to do this with you. If you're lonely, he's with you. If you got pain, he's with you. Isn't it crazy? You know why Jesus had to become a human? So that he could relate. Before Jesus, God didn't know what it was like to be hungry. 
But now if you say, Lord, I'm hungry. Jesus is like, I fasted 40 days. Mm, hold my drink. Say, Jesus, I'm, I'm tempted. God didn't know what it's like to be tempted. The Bible actually says in James chapter one, God cannot be tempted. But Jesus was tempted in every way, known unto man. Which means that we say, God, I'm tempted and I'm weak. Jesus goes, I know what it's like to be tempted too. I was tempted. He's there to relate. So you got to lean into him and not be, and, and that's just in your trial. Let me encourage you this way too. And, and I know your therapist told you this, but hear it from the Bible because this is really going to be helpful. If Christmas feels empty, here's my second point. It gets better. I promise you. It, it, it gets better. You know, nobody really knows the day that Jesus Christ was born. Uh, we celebrate Christmas on December 25th, not because Jesus was born on December 25th. Like, you know that, right? It's not really, actually, we don't know when he was born, but we're pretty sure it wasn't December 25th. <laughs> we celebrate it on December 25th because December 25th is close to the winter solstice. And the winter solstice is a, a, it's a pagan holiday, but it's representative of the darkest night of the year. So that time of the year was selected as a time to honor Christ's birth because his birth was supposed to be an image of what he did for humanity, AKA the light of the world coming into the darkness of the earth. So nobody knows. So I'm not sharing that with you because I want to start a petition <laughs> to like find the real day of Christmas. And could you imagine that Christmas in July or something like that? I like where it is. But I do mention that to say that there is one person. There is one person in the world who knows when Jesus' true birthday was. You know who that person was? Mary. For sure, Mary knows when Jesus was born because Mary was her baby. And you know, every mama knows when her baby's born. Every mama knows when her baby's born. And she knew. And she like, August 30th, February 15th. See, almost for a second, but I know. I know when my babies are born. And so I wonder, you know, if Christmas was different for Mary than it was for everyone else. Because Christmas for everyone else is like, oh, the coming of the Lord. But for Mary, it's like, mm, that's my baby's birthday. Was it a happy day? Or was it a sad day? How could it be a sad day? Well, what's unique about Mary is she didn't just give birth to her baby. She also buried her baby. And I've done that. My, my baby was born on July 31st. And I can tell you on July 31st, I'm not happy. I'm pretty sad. Because no parent should ever have to bury their child. So, so let me ask you again. I wonder if Christmas was a happy day for Mary. Or if it was a traumatic day for Mary. I think it was a happy day. Here's why I think it was. i to lay some context for you. In the book of Acts, we experience something as, as a body of, of, of Christ, as, a, as the church, something called the, the infilling and receiving of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's important for you to know that the Holy Spirit is also known as the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ. I want to hear you say it, the Spirit of? Christ. Yeah, so when someone gives their life to Jesus and they say, Jesus lives in my heart, what they're really saying is, is that they have received the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of? in their heart. And that's amazing. And it happened in Acts. 120 people were in an upper room when it happened. And the Bible in Acts chapter one, verse 14, gives us a description of the people who were in that room. And I want to read that description to you very quickly. Acts chapter one, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now here's my question. Is Mary not a woman? So if Mary is a woman, why are we separating her from the category 
of women. Theologians believe because Mary, as the historian was writing down what was happening in the upper room, Mary's experience looked different than other people in that room. It stuck out so well that she had to, they had to write it down. And you know what? I saw Mary there too, because what she was doing was so different than everyone else. What do I mean? They were all worshiping. They were all speaking in a new language. They were all loving God and they were all shocked. But theologians believe Mary wasn't shocked. She was celebratory. She was excited, but she wasn't shocked. Why? Because the men had never felt anything like that before. But Mary had felt that before. Why? Because it's the spirit of what? Mary is the only woman in history who got to carry her baby twice. And when the Holy Spirit filled her, she goes, ooh, that feels familiar. God took him away on the cross, but gave him back in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Listen, because what God allows to be taken in one season comes back better in the next season. Good word. And it was better for Mary. It was better for Mary. Where are all my pregnant women at? Because no more morning sickness. I got Jesus, but better. No weird cravings. Jesus, but better. No having to share him with this calling. Jesus, but better. No having to have him move out. Uh-uh. Jesus has moved in and he is never leaving and he is never forsaking. No more good night, no more goodbye. Better. I want to tell you, I know it doesn't look like it can get better, but it can get better. If God takes something out of your life in one season and the next season it comes back better. I know it's hard to believe. It was hard for me to believe when my wife and I got into a a heated argument. I mean, discussion that we had about Christmas a couple years ago, we were going Christmas tree shopping. It was already off to a bad start because we were going for aluminum one. And I was like, no, in my house, we had the natural trees. And she's like, that makes no fiscal sense. We buy one aluminum one. It can last us multiple years if we buy one natural one. And I'm like, why are you thinking with your wallet? It's Christmas. I said, fine. You know what? Fine. But if we're going to get an artificial tree, let's just get one tree. We'll put it in the living room because some of my best memories were us going around that one tree as a family. And she said, well, actually, I have another idea. What if we started a new tradition? And that just blew my mind. Because first off, those words don't even go. (laughs) Just by definition. Tradition is something that always was. New is something you're starting now. What are you even speaking? This is nonsense. (laughs) She goes, no, I want to start a new tradition. What if we started a, a second tree for our kids? And it'll be the kid's tree. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I, was, I think this is not a good idea because we're supposed to be around the one tree as a family, doing something as a family. She said, no, I really think the second tree is going to be fun. So we compromised. I was so mad. You know how husbands are like, we'll say yes, second tree, second tree. And then we make it bigger than it actually is. You know, I'm like, I can't believe you got a second tree. And then, you know, the kids are going to, Get involved in narcotics. <laughs> They're gonna end up in prison. 
the marriages, they're gonna have three marriages, they're gonna divorce, they're gonna fall apart, all because of a second tree, babe. Because they're not gonna know, they'll be able to lean on their family because we didn't do it together and now we're separate. And... <laughs> so we got the second tree, but it's a kid's tree. So we got kid ornaments to put on it. So I didn't, I didn't know that. So we, so we started getting these like Darth Vader with the red lightsaber ornaments. Baby Yoda, you know, on the thing. And then she got a tree that spinned. <laughs> Yo. Confession? That's my favorite tree. <laughs> I love this tree right now. I get more excited about the kids' tree than I do about the family tree. I only share that to share with you. Some of y'all think there's no way it can be better than what it was. But God's promise to you is that it will be better in the next season, even if it comes in a different form than it was in the last season. I know you loved your last job that you lost, but I promise you, the job that comes in the next season is going to be better than the one you lost in the last season. I know you loved her so much and nobody can ever, ever replace her. But here's how good God is. What God does in the next season, albeit in a different form, is going to be even better than what it was in the last season. And I know your relationship with God in the last season was so great and so holy and so special. And you keep trying to go back to a former version of your Christianity. But God says, stop trying to go back. Start moving forward because the relationship we have planned for the future is even better than it was in the day. Back in the day, you just went to church because your mama made you. But I'm going to give you an authentic Christianity in this season of your life. I'm going to give you a Christianity that's full of intimacy and truth and power. You're going to serve me because you want to, not because mom makes you. And it might look different, but it's going to be better. This is how it works in actual life. You didn't have memories as a kid growing up, but the memories you create for your children in this better. It's going to be better. You might not have the joy in this season right now, but here's how good God is. God is sending you on a search because this season feels empty to trade the emptiness of the joy in this season for discovering the joy of God's presence in every season. Yeah, and so now you're trading your present for his presence. And now it doesn't just end in 28 days. Come on, we all wish Christmas was a little longer. But when you got a relationship with Jesus, you got merry and bright and joy in January, in February, and March. The tree comes down, but not your peace. The presents get thrown out in the trash, but not your hope. There's something God's coming to bring you that is better. That is better. And then, of course, the empty chair. How in the world can this be better? This hurts. It's hard. This is painful. How dare you tell me that someone who I love leaving my life makes my life better? How dare you? Well, I've lived loss. So let me tell you, when we lost our sister, my sister, her, my, my sister, my sister-in-law this year to COVID, it was traumatic. But you know what happened? Our family got better. Not because she was a bad member of the family, but because now that we all experienced losing someone, guess what? That made us appreciate everyone else who is still there like we've never appreciated them before. That's what loss will do to you. You hug harder. You kiss longer. I was never the, I was never the picture person. Where, I, where are the people who hate the pictures? Come on, I'm, be, be with me. Okay, thank you. I just need to know. I got some of y'all. I'm just not the picture. Let's take a picture. Can we take a picture? I don't want to take a picture. Smile. Uh, 
Every time I'm like, but you know what? Two years ago, I got COVID last year. I was preaching this message last year on the screen. I don't know if you remember if you were here. I had COVID right before Christmas that journey. And every Christmas we spend together with the entire family. All of our brothers and sisters at my wife's house. And we just realized that the, the last picture that we ever had as a family was of Christmas 2019. Because in 2020, we weren't together and we lost it before Christmas 2021. You will never complain about taking a picture again with your family because you will know in the back of your mind, this might be the last picture I get to take. This might be the last picture I ever get to take. So, so it hurts in the moment, but, but it makes your family better. Man. For some people, you know how it got better? Because as awesome as that person was, if we're honest, they were kind of like your Jesus. They were the one. You didn't love them. You worshiped them. I know it's hard to hear, but you need this. You need this. You need this. When that seat got empty, it was actually an opportunity for the rightful ruler of the throne of your heart to take his seat. So, 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 so he got up, but Jesus said, yeah. And guess what? That relationship is better. It's better. It's better. And what about the person who was fighting that sickness for years? You know, sometimes I think when we say it can't be better, we're selfish because we think it can't be better for us. I wish they were here. I want them to be here. I get it. I've lost people too. But what if it was better for them? You know, in heaven, there's a, a dining room in heaven. There's a, a, a dining room table. There's actually a dinner scene in heaven. It's beautiful. Paul talks about it because he actually went to heaven in a vision. He saw it. I love that. Can you imagine dinner in heaven? I don't know what, what, what's, what they're serving in heaven, but if it's heaven, you know, palipateles, you know, <laughs> if it's heaven, maybe it's, you know, pumpkin pie or whatever you got up there. I'm ready, though. As long as it's not cranberries, you know. <laughs> Paul gives us a picture of heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up. Raised who up? Those who have gone to sleep. Those who have passed away. And God raised us up with Christ. And please say it because it's powerful if you believe it. And us with him in the heavenly realm. God told me to remind somebody, there might be an empty chair on earth, but your empty chair on earth is their filled chair in heaven. It's their filled chair in heaven. It's their filled chair in heaven. So when you see that empty chair this Christmas, just know it might be empty here, but it's not empty there. It's not empty there. And if none of this touches your heart, and if none of this misses to you, okay, you're heartless, okay? But <laughs> also, I think there might be another reason. And so if none of that rest resonated with you, then here, this one will resonate then. If Christmas still feels empty after all that, my question to you is, are you empty enough? Are you empty enough? You know, Zane, I can never get Zane to eat his broccoli or any vegetables for that matter. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, whenever it comes time to the vegetables, he's full. The vegetables on his plate. I'm like, bro, you left the vegetables. He goes, oh, I'm full. So now if you're a smart parent, you be, well, you eat the vegetables first, right? 
I'm full, then I'm full. I'm like, that's crazy. She, I don't know, I started baking recently. And so now there's a lot of dessert. And it's crazy where the fullness goes. The, 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 the cinnamon rolls will come out and then he'd he be like, oh, I'll take two. I'm like, well, time out, bro. I thought you were full. So no, I'm not full no more. Wow, that's crazy. Which is fine. I made it so that he can enjoy it. But he also needs his vegetables. Because the thing about the cinnamon roll is it tastes good, but it's mostly sugar. Which is good because it'll give you energy now in that junk food. No nutrition later. In fact, nutritionists, you know what they call all that dessert and that junk food? They call them empty calories. What kind of calories? Empty. But it tastes good. But it's empty. Some people, you're so empty that you've been trying to get full of the world's junk food. And you eat and you eat and you eat, but you don't get nothing in return. And you, and you, and you say empty. So, so we're empty and I get it because one of the things that I mentioned is so you hit up the club and you hit up the bar and you do Macarena and you do the thing and you, <laughs> and you have a great time. And you have a great time. And for, and for the moment that the song lasts, you good. Then you get in the car. And honestly, before you even get home, you're empty. What happened? It was junk food. Well, you know, I, I like to drink my problems away because I, honestly, I need the, the, the anesthesia. I need to be relieved of the pain. And that's cool. For the moment, while you're throwing them back, you don't feel no pain. For the moment, you are full. But then when you come through sobriety, the next, sober the next day, what happened? For our kids and for our wife, expensive ones. Then we'll get expensive ones for us, you know, just so we can feel good. And we'll get the newest version of the iPhone and, and all that. And it's good. And all those new tech gadgets are good for about three days. Huh, somebody? Come on. And then after. Finally, some of us will give our bodies away, let people in, start, try and start up new relationships to try and fill the void. But all of that is empty. What if by filling up on all of the junk food, we're really passing up on the one and only one who can truly fill us? And what if the reason why he doesn't fill us is because we're not empty enough? Because we got so much of that in us still. Well, I'm empty because I got no memories of my childhood. So I got an empty frame because my, my Christmas is when I was a kid. Yeah, but even though you're empty of good memories, you know where you're still holding on to? Your frame of mind. You still got this story running back about how God betrayed you and left you. And because you're still so full of that, God can't fool you. Maybe you're not empty enough. Well, well, you know, I'm empty because I got no joy and I got no peace and this, this, this feels so just blah. Yeah, you might be empty of that, but you're still full of what you think Christmas is. Clothes, parties, food, family, which is a part of it, but not all of it, that you're missing what Christmas means. Empty. Empty. Oh, well, God, you know, I really am empty. This person really is no longer in my life. Yeah, but you know what? You're still so full of that you can't get filled in this situation, in this scenario, you're still so full of your way and your will. And I come to tell you with as much compassion and sensitivity to your trauma, you are not God. And you need to empty yourself of that sovereignty and authority and allow God to be the one to fill you with what He wants for your life. There's still too much of you to be filled. You gotta empty.
yourself. And that's a good thing. Why? Because, this blows my mind. I thought about this the other day. Because what do you give the God who has everything for Christmas? What do you, hear about that? What does God have on his Christmas wish list? I, I, I think I know what we can give God for Christmas. What do you give God? What do you give the one who has everything? Something to fill. What if your emptiness is your gift to God? What if all God wants for Christmas is to fill every void, crack, nook, in your heart. What if he goes, you know what? All those memories that you were absent of, I wanna be the one to create new ones in your life. So bring your empty frame to me and let's get started on this next chapter of your life. Let's build those new memories together. I wanna to, to fill that emptiness for you. Hey, you got empty of joy and passion and, and energy, honestly? Well, guess what I'm full of? Passion and peace and hope and love and life and optimism and strength. And then, yeah, come to me, all ye who will weary, burden, weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Blessed are those, Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Come to me with all of it and let me be that one. Let me be that one. You're missing people in your life. You're hurting, you're broken, you're crying. You alone, you sad, oh. That's why they call me the comforter. Did you know that was his name? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the comforter. He goes, let me be what they call me in your life. Let me be the one who can comfort you. Your emptiness is your gift to a God who lifts So fill us, Lord. Only the empty people can pray that prayer. Maybe there's someone at church today. You're full today. If you're full today, I know what you're full of. But the rest of us, the rest of us, this is not the Christmas we expected. The rest of us, this is not what we pictured. The rest of us, we need someone to fill us because we're empty. And I've been looking at it as a handicap for so long. But my emptiness is not my handicap, it's my offering. My emptiness is not my weakness, it's my worship. My emptiness is not my, just my pain, it's my present. It's not just my grief, it's my, it's my gift. Father, we present to you our emptiness today. Would you fill it? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room today and you've been far from God, far, far from God this year, you've been alone and empty because you don't have a relationship with him. Then, When I count to three, if you feel like you need to come back home to Jesus, and listen, I, I don't know if you're praying this for the first time 
or the third time or the 50th time. All you and I both know is that you need this and that's all that matters. If you're here today and you need Jesus in your heart, nobody's peeking. It's a private moment between you and my life. One, two, everyone in this room, if that's you, one, two, three, raise your right hand high. Come on, one, two, three, four, five, six in the back, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, up front, 13 in the middle, 14, 15 in the back, right hand side. Amen, amen. 16, serving on a team. Go ahead and put your hand down. I want you to pray this prayer with me and we'll pray it together. Pray it together. Whether you raise your hand or not, pray this prayer with me now. Father God, come on, say it out loud. Father God, say this part with conviction. Say, I'm empty. But I know you can feel me. So I come to you. I repent from my old life and I turn to my new life in you, Jesus. Forgive me. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Amen and amen. Come on, give it up for all those. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.